Hi there, I'm Keith Cauley and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone Americas podcast where we explore our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. If you've been around Bridgestone a minute, I certainly hope you're familiar with our company's mission, serving society with superior quality. Right there in that mission is the word quality. It's something that may seem pretty straightforward, but can also mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Here at Bridgestone, we have a quality mission statement to be very clear about what we mean, and we have an entire quality team dedicated to delivering on that mission. But the reality is they can't do it alone. Today, we talked to Chris Lasko and Nick Turk, two leaders in our quality team, about the role their team plays in delivering our mission, but also the accountability that all of us at Bridgestone have to help them on that journey. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, we are joined today in studio by uh, two leaders from our quality team here at Bridgestone Americas. We go right to the top. The chief quality officer, Chris Lasko, sits across from me. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Keith. And uh, next to him is Nick Turk, and Nick is Executive Director of Quality Operations at BSAM. Nick, good to see you. Great to be here. Yeah, and we're going to talk about, I think, a word that is part of the vocabulary, hopefully for most people in some capacity at Bridgestone, at least they've heard it when we talk about who Bridgestone is, where our company is built from, but want to dive into truly kind of what it means, I think, and uh, where it is in, in the world of where we're going as part of Bridgestone 3.0. But before we get to that, let's take a step back and learn about each of you. I think uh, the journey, the experience, where you come from the point of view of quality Chris, let's start with you. What's been your kind of journey and uh, what is the focus of your role day to day now? Yeah, actually, I've, I've been in the tire industry now for 35 years and uh, quite a long journey, um, but an interesting journey. And uh, the Full first of wisdom and experience. Yes. Uh, well, uh, first nine years, I actually with two other companies, actually, uh, Michelin and Yokohama. And that's okay. And uh, we, you know, I, I started tire industry in the R&D area, industrialization of product, and then I had an opportunity to go to production with Yokohama. Um, but then opportunity came up to go to Bridgestone. And uh, now I've been with Bridgestone 26 years, but when I first entered Bridgestone, I went into a manufacturing role in a great group called Process Engineering Development, and then an opportunity to go to a plant within Bridgestone. Great time there. And then another opportunity to come back to corporate in an executive role in process engineering development. So it kind of swung all the way back around. And uh, spent some time there in those roles and then uh, looked elsewhere with an opportunity to go to another function. I had a chance to go to uh, sales engineering as executive director. It was really market quality. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was another great role and uh, learned more about the business at that time. And since 2020, took the role as chief quality officer. The, the organization is super strong. Uh, I call it a small and mighty group. Uh, Amanda, our CFO, calls that as well. I'll call her out on that one. But it's a good description. A uh, great organization. Nick, what about you? I, I've gotten to know you a little bit just through some of the activities over the years. I know you're a big football fan, but let's focus on your career here. What, what's been your journey here? I was actually raised in the shadows of the rubber factories and the rubber companies in Northeast Ohio. So I grew up, uh, people that were neighbors, friends, uh, parents of uh, friends of mine worked for Goodyear, worked for Firestone, Goodrich, Dunlop General. That's what, it, that's what it was about. 
And so when I got out of school and had the opportunity to work for Firestone, I went to work for the Firestone Tire and Rubber Company, and that's where it started. So I was there for a few years and then actually took a little bit of a detour and went to uh, the food industry for 10 years, which ironically is has a lot of similarities hmm. with tires if you think about the safety aspect of sure. that. Because food, everything you're making, people are going to ingest, right? So safety is very critical there too. And then came back in 2000, and I've been here ever since. So a total of about 26 years in the tire business. Yeah. And what is, when with your title of Executive Director of Quality Operations, how would you describe your role to somebody? Uh, actually, that role is changing by the day because <laughs> of one thing that Chris just mentioned, and that is, you know, we used to be really focused on the manufacturing and design of tires. Well, now that expands to uh, suppliers in a big way because when we talk about air ride and we're making OE air spring mm -hmm. modules, they're going on vehicles that for now have 25, 30 suppliers that are they're providing components for those products. So we don't make all those. So we're assembling those. So that's a whole different discipline for us. And then there's Bandag on the retread side, sure. and then of course, tires and now mobility. So it's growing by the day. Well, I guess as you look at, uh, we'll talk in a little bit about what the meaning, I think, of quality in the larger sense is in the culture and the DNA of Bridgestone. But now the team you lead, this small and mighty team of, of quality, what is, I guess, the remit of this team every day? Where do they work? Our focus goes from concept to design to manufacturing operations, to field. So it's a very broad scope. Yeah. And the way we're set up in the divisions, there's actually four divisions. And the, the first one's actually uh, managed by Mitz Kritzel. Uh, he's, he's handling business readiness. Uh, they're focused specifically on design quality engineering, OE quality engineering, regulatory and compliance. And the regulatory and compliance is pretty complex. The certifications are over 300 that they're managing just to make sure our product is certified in the country so we can ship and sell product all over the world. Yeah. Then we move into market, op or uh, not market operations, but manufacturing operations that Nick Turk actually runs. So this has a group that's specific to the manufacturing sites, and that's Air Ride, that's Bandag, that's all the core tire plants. Each plant has its own quality team and goes from of course, receiving through operations mm -hmm. and to, to final out the warehouse. And then um, supplier quality. Supplier quality is, uh, you know, really a, a, another big focus for us as we grow in these many different areas of uh, mobility and air ride. Um, and uh, they have really important role to make sure we're onboarding good you know, the suppliers make sure that they're assessed correctly and qualified and all the product coming into the, the factories is, is uh, acceptable. The market quality. Market quality is led by Dennis Snyder. It's one of the largest groups. It is the largest group of, uh, of quality. These are field engineers that are all over the Americas. And uh, they're really the backbone of the analytics and the performance data that we take in to create insights about how our product is performing in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, they're taking in warranty tires, analyzing those tires, inputting that information into a large database for us on 250 plus service condition mm -hmm. codes on how they end its life, right? Yep. We look at every one of these tires. 
and we classify these. And this, this feeds a large database that actually we utilize for market insights. This is how we keep the pulse on the product in, in, in the market. So that whole team is fantastic. Keep them moving, keep them looking. That's, that's the main focus. And then one last one is Enterprise Quality, led by Alicia Tank. And uh, this was a group set up two years ago, really, to, to look at the connectivity to all the functions and businesses because they're all moving and shifting and growing, but also global connections. And also another, another really important role of quality systems, right? So we have our own internal auditing network we have quality management systems in all these areas that just need to be monitored. Make sure that we're holding to the standards and the operating procedures. I think it's because it, quality becomes a term, I think, in my head and, and other people I've talked to, I think we think of delivering a quality product, right, to the market or to a consumer. And then you also think of ensuring quality in our operations. And those are two very straightforward things part of that, but it also goes obviously so much deeper as we've outlined. But as we look at maybe the the meaning of the word beyond what the team does day to day and what it represents within Bridgestone and the culture and the DNA, I know people know our mission statement. Hopefully our teammates know our mission statement, which is serving society with superior quality. I mean, the word is right there in there. But when we say quality at Bridgestone, what does it mean in that sense? So, when we talk about the mission, there's really kind of two. There's the mission that's expressed on the Bridgestone essence, which is serving society with superior quality. But the one I want to highlight first is the quality mission statement, which everybody knows when they walk into a conference room, there's the quality, the safety, the environmental mission statement. And they're all right next to the Bridgestone essence. And it's just kind of like when you go home at night and you walk into your house and you say hello to your spouse and your dog and you go and you hang up your This is your the family coat, right? photos on the wall here. And exactly. <laughs> and they're always there. But if you look at the one on the quality mission statement, and I hope that when people listen to this, they will then go look at it and see, hey, you know what? There's really something there. It says at the very top, creating customer value and trust. And that's a whole mouthful because as a customer, every one of us has a different view of what our customer value is. You go to a hotel and maybe Keith, because you have really high value, high, high, oh, high value taste. Thank you. Oh yes. And, and That's you're what staying, most people have thought about me all my life. You're yeah. staying down the street at the Four Seasons or you're staying at the Ritz Carlton, right? Where Chris and I, with our I budget. always be found over there at the Ritz Carlton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tickling I'll, the ivories, I'll right? I'll note that. I'll note that. So, Chris and I, we will be stopping in at the Hampton Inn in Wilson, North Carolina, right? <laughs> Just some blue collar. And guys. all we need yeah. is a Wi Fi, a clean room, a bed, and then we're good. <laughs> but that's it. The value is different. And you know what? At some point, Chris and I actually might go to Ritz Carlton. So, our value changes for the service that that brings. We realize that our customers have different value points for different products. So that's what Chris was mentioning earlier with advanced product quality planning is we have to look at what the value is for each product and then how we design it and how we manufacture and control it. Once you've established that value, then you have to do it over and over and over again, right? And then that doing over and over again, that builds trust. So when you go to the other Hampton Inn or you go to the other Ritz-Carlton, you know what to expect because you got it before at the other city you were in. It's the same kind of thing. 
So that says a lot right there, but we would never do it at the expense of society. So we serve society with superior quality. So the two work together and they really mean a lot. And we'll get into some of the other details about what that statement says as well. Yeah. Well, I know I think it's a fair point. And I, I, sh I should mention with all of my refined tastes, I only eat orange M&Ms and the staff here did not have my bowl of orange M&Ms mm. ready. It's just unbelievable. We'll have to work on that for the next episode. But uh, to, to think about, I mean, I don't know the last time I've taken a moment, I mean, be transparent, to really look at all of the elements of all of those mission statements. I've seen them all. I've read them all at some point in my Bridgestone career. But to really sit and unpack what each of these elements means, especially when you put them all together on the on the wall. So it is important that we take a little bit of a moment to to reflect on it and to understand what is going into it, because it's all very mindfully chosen and serves an intended purpose. And so that, I guess, we did an episode uh, in, in this last year around cybersecurity and, and ERP, and it's another one of these concepts that is very high level, but is end-to-end -end across the operations. This seems like another one where, okay, we have a, a quality team, just like we have a cybersecurity expert team, but this is something that everybody, to some degree, has to be bought in uh, to some degree. So what, I guess, is the teammate role in this if you're not on the quality team? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy. Actually, I can I, I can relate, and I'll actually put a, a plug in for a couple other items as well yeah. because cybersecurity, safety, quality, every teammate has responsibility in that area. There are standards, yeah. there are work procedures, there's policies that need to be followed. And I guess I want to make make it clear, every teammate, that, that means everyone from Palo to the executive staff to individual contributors to everybody in the production plants. The this person getting the orange M&Ms. Quality. Orange by, by the way, you don't have a standard for putting M&Ms on the table. That's, that's a problem. problem. We need to standardize the process. So I, I do want to make a comment about that because, you know, teammates in all functions and businesses all have – standards and procedures. And what they can do is to assure themselves, and we, 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 we live and breathe this all the time in the plants, in the businesses, in, in every functions is follow procedure, yep. follow the process. And that's what we should be doing. Now, on the flip side, you know, I, I love the comment about the golden cue because it is really important. What I just talked about was really the foundations, Bridgestone DNA. And if you take a look at that golden cue, it actually tells each one of the roles, the leadership role, right? To empower everybody in the engagement of quality. It talks about the organization represented by the cue and then managers facilitating that activity with the teammates. And then the teammates itself, and that's everybody, talking about what's inside the organization, which is utilizing innovation, yeah. Kaizen, which is always the continuous improvement effort that we have. Compliance to standards. Okay, so here it is again, standards. And then, uh, of course, understanding the voice of the customer, VOC. Yeah. So teammates, standards, understand what the golden cue means. And by all means, when you're sitting in a conference room, yeah, glance up and you're in a conversation and you're having a tough conversation and decision, that should remind you 
guiding principles, right? And and for those who may not have the, uh, may not be sitting in a conference room or see the uh, quality mission statement in front of them, the golden cue is part of the actual graphic inside the poster itself. So do take a glance, and we'll we'll make sure to make it available for people listening uh, here as well. Um, I get that. I'm a teammate. I need to do better on quality. How do I get better? What resources are available? Or I guess how do we help teammates learn more or get more attuned to what quality is or how they can help? First, there's uh, training in, in terms of problem solving. It's very well uh, defined on, under DMAIC or Six Sigma or standards-driven process. Even before you start looking for training or uh, resources and references, if if you do go back to the heart of that, I'm going to show the please, yeah, show the mission statement, the if, golden if, cube. If you look inside that, if you look inside, it says pride and ownership, and there's four things, and they're very. It's a very good illustration. It says know your customer, be vigilant comply with standards and innovate in Kaizen. Okay, there's a whole lot with all that. So for everybody, I will say, everybody in this company is already participating in quality because they're delivering something. They're giving something to an internal customer or an external customer, whether it's a document, whether it's a decision, whether it's a tire, uh, whether it's an air spring, they're giving something to somebody. So knowing your customer is the key thing. There's three things about this whole standards that Chris, the whole topic that Chris was talking about. One, in what you do, whatever that process is you do to provide that to somebody, it should be defined. There ought to be a process flow or a standard practice or something because if you hit the lottery, someone else is going to come and do your job. What do they do? So it needs to be defined. And in most cases, it is. There are times, though, when we're doing new things like we're talking about, whether it's with mobility solutions or new customers, there's times where we don't have it defined. And so as an individual, we need to recognize those and say, hey, I'm doing this. I handled this call this way. Am I right? Is this the way? Well, let's sit down. Let's lay it out. Let's standardize how we should handle that kind of a request. And then if you know there's a recurring problem, it's something that you know, I have to rework this thing every single time or nine times out of 10. Let's fix it. That's the Kaizen piece in that circle too. Okay, how do you fix it? Now, that's the training part. That's where those references I talked about, mm-hmm. that's where you can you can go all the way to, there's, there's something called white belt, which takes some very basic quality tools you know, and, and how do you how do you do a process flow? What is a Pareto chart? How do I look at some piece of data? It goes all the way to black belt to where you're doing statistical experiments, right? So there's a lot of opportunities to learn and how to how to improve those things. It's the breaking mental boards of managing processes, standardization. I like yes, it. Yeah. All of the. I mean, I've made this reference on the podcast before. I'm a I'm a sports fan and a college football guy and Nick Saban, like him or hate him as a fan, but one of the the things he always talks about is the rentless, relentless pursuit of continuous improvement, right? And so I hear Chris say it, I hear you say that as part of what quality really is. And it, it just makes sense because I think a lot of times people think this stuff just happens, mm. right? That a company of Bridgestone size, it's been around for a while, like it's because it's had success and it just continues. But these this is the backbone almost, right, of what allows it to continue to have 
have success. And people kind of think that it just happens on its own, but it really doesn't. And we all will reiterate, have a part to play in that. Nick alluded to a little bit of this, and and I think it's been the conversation's been going in that direction. What are maybe some of the the biggest challenges that are top of mind right now as we move into this new future, and how do we go about addressing them? I you guess. mean, what keeps me up at night? Well, sure. I mean, I've, that could be a number of things, but let's focus on the Bridgestone things. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's it's a great question. It, it kind of goes back to what we just talked about. We have a lot of new in the uh, in the enterprise, and um, the, the the challenge is the amount of new, the the volume, and the speed at what we're trying to address it. And um, what what I I and my team are consistently trying to communicate is to make sure that two things. One is the great foundation that we do have. Mm -hmm. We have good standards, procedures, processes. We do things well, been around for a long time, many years. Let's make sure we don't dilute that. While at the same time, in parallel, we need to be growing the business. And what Nick just talked about was we have these great standards and procedures. How do we leverage those to actually improve and lock in this, these new businesses to assure they're going to be successful and at the same time recognize where we don't? So the challenge is growth, volume, speed, keep what we do really well, leverage what we have into the new business, and that speeds up things for us and assures our product and services. But then quickly identify where we need to do the risk assessments, develop the procedures, the processes, and leverage the right resources to get them up up to speed. That's the challenge that we have right now. You know, to play on that, we had an auditor come in about a month ago and he said, he asked the same question and he asked Chris, what are, what are the challenges? What keeps you up at night? It seems like he's, that's a trap game right there. I'm your auditor. What are your challenges that I should be looking at? Me, well, yeah. That's well, that's well, well executed know. right there. Let me tell you. <laughs> and the, the thing is, I didn't say this because I didn't want to. Because yeah, <laughs> Nick's but, smarter yeah, than the well. average when, bear, when of Chris, course. When Chris gave that answer, I was thinking, yeah, all that new stuff, all that forward-looking stuff, is really exciting and it's really important. And we've got to establish what is critical to quality, what what matters. But you know what? You also got to look backwards because as we move forward, our attention can be diverted sometimes. It's just like exactly. you're in a plant and you're building this add-on. Everybody's focused on the add-on, right? But the stuff you have to do to maintain the business, to keep the lights on, has got to continue. And so we have to look back and, you know, COVID brought a lot of changes and people just moved around and they took different jobs and different companies. And so we've got a lot of new people. And now we say, hey, we got to really focus on complying with our standards and continually improving. We've got people that are looking for where the bathroom is. I mean, they, they're new. Yeah. And so we've really got to look backwards too and make sure we don't leave anybody behind, that we make sure everybody's focused on keeping that keeping the 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 attention on what they need to do to keep the lights on. Yeah. 
I, I think that's a great analogy. Let's pause. Let's look. Who else do we need to grab and bring with us to make sure we're all moving on that path together in everything that's go- that's going on at Bridgestone is important. A, a little bit deeper into that, I mean, we, we talked at the beginning that end-to-end, it comes with, yeah, our operations, which we've talked about a little bit. We talk about sourcing a lot of things. You know, we, we've got enlightened technology, the Bridgestone E8 commitment, all of these now are, are additionally new introductions that are continuing to emerge and grow and drive our business forward. What, I guess, specifically has it forced quality to think about differently, maybe that we haven't already touched on, but I, I think in some of these specific instances, they're very clear pictures. This is where we're going. Yes, it's new, but has it changed thinking at all to this point? I don't know that we're looking at things differently. I think that we're taking the same mindset, the same tool set, and saying, hey, this is the next wave. This is the next application. Well, it was a trick question, by the way, because it should be standardization <laughs> will continue forward. We set this all up. I'm right. also an auditor over yeah. here. So. <laughs> it is. I, I think another way that we've looked at this too, and is two years ago, we set up the uh, the area of enterprise quality, hmm. right? So uh, the concern at that point was that the, the businesses and where this was growing was a concern to make sure that our interconnectivity was there, right? So this group, Enterprise Quality, is there to actually connect and make sure our connections are correct as we move and grow and change these these businesses as we go forward. So I would say that's probably one of the major ones over two years ago, adding that function or division into quality to ensure that happens not only here, but also globally as we grow in that area. Quality management systems. This is a note as we were talking in advance of of this conversation that had come up before. I don't know what that means. It sounds like it could be pretty important. What what do we need to know about quality management systems? I I think it looks like it's in your area, Nick. It is. It is. (laughs) Let's talk about something that everybody is familiar with, right? Probably everybody in the audience has gone to McDonald's Mm -hmm. and uh, just... Just a side note, I've got a grandson who is too busy to eat. And when all else fails, I can go to McDonald's, get some fries. Mm-hmm. We get there. We can get it done. Sure. My granddaughter, no problem. She can eat anytime, anywhere. She's she's a boss. She doesn't have to worry about it. How does it get there? How do those fries get there? And you think it's pretty simple. Fries are in the freezer. You throw them in. There's a timer pull them out, drain them a little bit, throw them in the bag, out the yeah, door. Salt them. A salt. salt on yeah, there. Yeah, a little salt. If you think about what has to happen to deliver those fries, somebody had to find the vendor who's going to contract with the farmer to get the potatoes, right? Then the fries have to be treated, seasoned, cut, whatever, frozen, delivered, that delivery process is different than a lot of the things you order on Amazon Mm -hmm. because they have to come to you frozen. So then they have to be stored at the store. And then there's a certain temperature that has to be maintained at the store. How do you know that the temperature readout is right on the scale on the uh, freezer at, at the store? That's just one little detail. Then somebody has to be trained. 
what do I now do with these fries? How many do I put in there? How much oil do I put in? What's the temperature need to be? How long are they in there? Right? So somebody has to be trained to a standard on how to do that. Pull those out. Okay, that's great. Now I got the fries in a container. Somebody has to take the order. Somebody has to type something into a I'm, I'm more familiar with this part of it, with this section of the experience, yes. So it has to be delivered to the customer. All that stuff has to happen in thousands of stores yep. to create customer value and trust, right? That's the quality system. All those things that have been defined, that people have been trained, that it's been documented, so it's transferable from store to store. Think about us. We got 2,200, I guess is the number, mm -hmm. of Firestone stores. Everything they do is documented, scripted, how you do an oil change, how you do uh, a tire change, whatever it is you need to do. How we hire people, how they're onboarded, that's all part of the quality system. Mm -hmm. And so when we think, I'm in a hurry, I gotta deliver this thing to this customer, or, or I'm, I'm working on this new process, it's gotta go fast. Yes, it's gotta go fast, but needs to be understood because all that training, all that standardization, so we can repeat it, has to be there. Wherever you walk into the golden arches, right? It's, it's in Singapore, it's in Tokyo, it's in Paris, it's in Nashville, it's in Akron. You know what you're going to get, right? And that's because of a term I just learned, quality management system. Yeah. Look at that. Fantastic. Well, as we, we start to wrap up here, I know, um, Chris, you mentioned there's more information to be found on the bridge. There's a standards gateway where we can learn about all the different standardization that's taking place, all the policies related. We've also got a big calendar day uh, that's kind of in the vicinity right now of having this conversation. And what can people look forward to from the quality side? Yes, yes, we do. Actually, there was a, a great teammate group uh, in the quality uh, area that uh, developed this, this strategy on November 1st, which is a, a Wednesday coming up. Uh, we'll have our first annual quality day for Bridgestone Americas. And uh, this obviously is, is part of it. And uh, it, it is all meant to be trying to communicate what quality really is within Bridgestone and then be able to empower and engage teammates to see how they also connect with quality. And uh, there's all sorts of events that will occur on that day. I think you'll, you'll hear a, a, a video from, from Paolo. Uh, we'll have a leadership panel talking about their connection to quality, as well as some, some uh, opportunity to learn about quality tools, also troubleshooting skills, and then even some highlights on some quality items that actually are in process right now, connected to the business and other functions. And just exposure to quality right now and to make sure everybody understands how we connect. So looking forward to it and I hope everybody actually uh, participates. So Quality Awareness Day, November 1st, but every day is Quality Day, really, <laughs> for all of us, if we're going to look at it from that perspective. No, I, I really hope this has been, I mean, it, it, it even just from, from my seat over here, right, I think as an average teammate thinking about how things happen and and what their role in their own proximity is, but really appreciating and taking time to be mindful of how the rest of it all happens across Bridgestone is important. And as we said, it's in our mission statement, uh, or it's, it, there's a quality mission statement itself. It's in the company's mission statement as well. Um, so it is truly part of uh, our Bridgestone DNA. Okay. Um, so thanks so much for taking the time, guys. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Chris across the table, Nick here. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Keith. It was yeah. fun. Thanks. Yeah. 
We hope you'll get ready with us if you're a Bridgestone teammate to celebrate Quality Awareness Day on November 1st. But as noted, every day is really quality day when it comes to delivering our Bridgestone mission of serving society with superior quality. If you liked this chat, be sure to listen to some of our other conversations wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can also watch episodes on our Bridgestone America's YouTube page. Wherever you hear us or watch us, feel free to give us a rating or a review to tell us how we're doing. And you can always send a question, episode idea, or feedback to us via email at thrivepodcast at bfusa.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Keith Colley, reminding you to keep on keeping on. And remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody. Thank you.